0: G'day, it's Dan Illich here from Irrational Fear. Uh, um, before we start the show, I just wanted to let people know that we do have a live show coming up on May 7th at Giant Dwarf. Uh, we've got a bit of a stellar lineup. Uh, Alice Fraser. She's fresh back from the UK and Melbourne Comedy Festival show. She's going to be doing a spot. Michael Hing, also known as the leader of the One Asian Party, he's going to be on stage performing. Uh, Walkley Award winner Jane Caro, inexplicably agreed to the, 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 the show. And man, most handsome man in radio, Lewis Hobber, is <laughs> <laughs> also joining us. So that is uh, May 7th at Giant Dwarf at 7.30. Uh, you can get tickets now at uh, giantdwarf.com.au. All right, let's kick it off.
1: Irrational Fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra Fair come, and Section 44. Irrational Fear recommends listening by immature
2: audiences.
0: Tonight on Irrational Fear, Clive Palmer decides he's not the man for the job for the seat of Herbert after ripping off 800 workers in that area. Instead, he's aiming for a Senate seat where he can be more effective in ripping off the whole state of Queensland. And Julian Assange is no longer the most successful Australian couch surfer in London. After being removed from the Ecuadorian embassy, that title now goes to Alexander Downer, who by all reports is constantly maggot of the couch at Australia House. And after a beguiling appearance on Q&A, Senator James McGrath was shocked and offended by two accusations. That one, Queenslanders are racist, and two, political donors like Adani expect political favours like approving the Adani mine. At the same time, all of Australia was shocked and offended to discover that James McGrath was an Australian senator. This is Irrational Fear.
1: Irrational Fear!
0: Hello, this is a Rational Fear, the show that tells you what you should be scared of. I'm your host, Dan Illich. I make jokes about the news, or you may better know me as a shadowy, faceless political figure, bankrolling independent candidates in the Mornington Peninsula. Uh, and tonight we've got three great guests. First of all, is Twitter stalwart and provocateur Al Aboriginal. It's Luke Pearson from Indigenous X. G'day, Luke. G'day, bud. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's great to have you. You've come all the way from the Central Coast. I have. Did the big drive down, putting in
3: the hard yards. Oh,
0: thank you. We're looking forward to putting in the hard yards for the next half hour. (laughs) Also on tonight, it's satirist and full-time investigative reporter at Crikey, Amber Schultz. Why,
4: hello. I write the news that you make fun of.
0: What what do you mean? What have you made today that we can make fun of?
4: Oh, absolutely nothing today. I made my bed, but that's about all. (laughs) Oh,
0: there's some good jokes there. (laughs) All right, and uh, it's a man too handsome for radio, which is why he makes so many videos as part of his job. It's the merchant of mirth, Lewis Hobart. Oh, Daniel, you're too kind. I am too kind. You actually are. You're literally the only person who thinks I'm handsome, which is why (laughs) I I keep coming here for free. Welcome to week one of the uh, democracy sausage that is Mm. the Australian election. What are your thoughts on it so far? I can't believe it's only been one week. (laughs) Has there been any gaffes that have really caught your eye? I mean, Australia?
2: Does that count? (laughs) Uh, The The entire country. Just like... I don't know. To be totally honest, uh, I've been on holidays. I've been blessedly out of the news cycle. I imagine
0: that no one has done anything impressive. Feel free to correct me. I understand the best gaff so far that I've seen, and it's it's pretty much been pretty much everywhere. Scott Morrison's walking through the street, and a Asian lady walked up to him, mm-hmm. and he, he reached out to shake Scott Morrison's hand. Scott Morrison then said Ni hao, <laughs> and the Asian lady said, "Oh, I'm actually Korean." So. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> Would be great if she said it in a really heavy Aussie accent too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, you can't blame Scott Morrison. You can't blame I him you because I reckon, you I reckon can, can, you yeah. can. I'm not comes really comfortable.
2: Yeah, I feel alright about it as well.
0: In Scott Morrison's <laughs> defense, you know, I, you can't miss any opportunity to connect with a Chinese donor. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he actually says ni hao to everyone, regardless <laughs> of whether they're, the they're Asian. Yeah, yeah. you never know. You never know. What's caught your eye this week, Luke Pearson? Uh, right from the start, the
3: date of the, and this is just a personal gripe I'm going to bring up here, but they named the election on my wedding day. So everyone who's going to turn up to my wedding now has to go vote on the way there. I'm <laughs> oh, highly damn. annoyed. I'm just scrapped the whole thing. <laughs> Trying to organise a wedding here, people. This seems to be to a great opportunity priorities.
0: to make catering easier and just provide <laughs> just sausage Just for everyone. You should yeah. also uh, allow people to vote on
2: the day about whether or not the wedding goes through. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is not a democracy, in that sort of sense. Yeah, uh,
0: um, at the church you should have ballots. Like, yeah. who do you prefer? One, the bride?
2: Two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Sort of like marriage equality, but, you know, just about this specific yeah, this
2: marriage. This specific one.
3: <laughs> but other than that, I mean, you know, election time's always a bit... Depressing, I think, you know, for a lot of Indigenous people, we don't really have the the power of the vote in our numbers. Um, parties certainly aren't working hard to get our vote. And so, yeah, Indigenous issues quickly tend to take a, a pretty heavy back seat whenever it's election time or budget time. Um, and we just have to go along with that and try to go, hey, we're still here too. But surely
2: and... Tony Abbott, the um, hero of um, the Indigenous <laughs> no, people, envoy. is trying to win all those
0: Indigenous votes in Manly at the moment.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, go and have that extra toilet in the <laughs> club. Um, <laughs> will I make, know, it make a difference. I love an extra toilet story. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: not to take away from Indigenous, important Indigenous <laughs> issues, but Tony Abbott it's complained, to top. Yeah. Co- complaining that, that there hasn't been much infrastructure in Warringah over the last mm-hmm. 25 years that he has personally been MP He's yeah. in that area. is crazy. Like, who's in charge of this place? <laughs> Bloody hell. And hey. discovering
3: the neighbourhood uh, library oh, boxes that oh, exist. Yeah. That was...
0: Oh, my uh, God. ..breaking news
3: for
2: <laughs> Tony. <laughs> Who was just caught door-knocking for him from The Australian? Piers Ackerman. Piers Ackerman. No. Yes, mm-hmm. Piers Ackerman. Oh. Has been door knocking for Tony Abbott. No shit. Like, that is, there is a video that Lock Tony your Abbott. Doors, put up. Every- yeah, I know. Can, like, well, imagine a world. Like, this is the, what well, people don't, I'd never been to Manly. If you're listening from any part of the country that isn't near Manly, this is a part of the country where Piers Ackerman knocking on your door is a vote winner.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. horrifying.
3: I don't think in most parts of the country, you'd be like, who are you? Oh, Piers, <laughs> I don't know who you are. I
0: do not care about this. On your uh, way, son. Piers Ackerman's quote to that was, um, well, I was actually standing in the background and I was like, no, you're not, I've seen a photo, you're going door to door. He's with wearing Tony a, Abbott. a Liberal Party t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. oh, where did this come from? It's really hard to know what side News Corp is on, isn't it? <laughs> it's really hard to know. Back to Indigenous issues, what's the number one What's the number one thing that you've, you've seen politicians try to do to woo the Indigenous vote this election season? Season so far. Yeah, well, Liberal
3: did a, an amusing uh, turnaround saying they're going to support a process for the Uluru Statement from the Heart um, to actually have potentially a referendum on that when they are entirely opposed to the entire premise on it at every single level and they sort of put out that misinformation campaign that it'll be a third chamber of parliament and it'll do this and it'll be too much power um, when it's actually like a, a very moderate proposal to begin with. Um, they've, they've actually put some money on the table for that, which... Yeah, they will actively shoot that down the whole way through, so that's a fun one. Um, And uh, Labor have come through with some health uh, funding commitments, uh, rheumatic heart disease, which is is a huge issue, youth suicide, and and that's about it. And the Labor seem to have borrowed very heavily from their reconciliation action plan, which is a really weird thing for a political party to have in the first place. Um, But they keep talking about, you know, closing the gap for Indigenous Australians is a really important part of reconciliation, where it's like, no, that's... A basic human right that we should <laughs> live like. Re- rec- when when we have things level, then we can talk about actually reconciling for past and ongoing injustices. Mm-hmm. Um, access to basic services that are done culturally appropriately, so that we don't actually experience racism in the health sector, in schools, in employment. That's that's just baseline. Mm-hmm. That's you don't you don't get to claim reconciliation for that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, no, it's all a bit unambitious. So
0: do they think by raising the living standards and health outcomes for Aboriginal people that they're, that's actually reconciliation, so they don't actually have to do it? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> much, that seems to be it, and especially reconciliation always want? comes you're back living, to that. You're, you're yeah. living up to 70, maybe 75 <laughs> years what old now. if we offer like, you
2: one more toilet? How <laughs> <That's> that <laughs> Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, what's caught your eye, uh,
0: Amber?
4: Well, in the latest example of true and unbiased and completely fair journalism, The Daily Telegraph has dedicated two whole pages uh, to measuring young green candidates by a self-made smugness scale. Oh, I nice. love this. Yeah. So, awesome. so the scale is called the Socialist Moralism Under Green Scale and it, <laughs> and it gives candidates a score out of 10.
0: Yeah, so they. The, this is a double-page spread in The Daily Telegraph mm-hmm. and they... It, they put all the Greens candidates up there mm-hmm. and Tim Blair went and gave everyone a score, right?
4: Yep, just on this by the way Tim Blair, his claim to fame as a journalist is the fact that in 2003 he proved that George Bush a turkey that he carried in wasn't made of plastic and that's his <laughs>
0: Wow. That's his claim wow. to fame.
4: I'm like, it's hard hitting stuff you really. <laughs> when you've got a
0: column to fill you could oh, you oh, put I almost anything in there. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, and so they put this out and there's one Greens candidate called Matthew Thompson who clapped back and was like, I got an 8.2, I deserve a 10 because i'm a gay vegan cyclist and if i don't deserve a 10 who does so they published an amendment and gave him a 9.5 oh that's correct what is he going to do to
0: get that extra Uh, 0.5 well
4: he wears dangly like he's absolutely nuts and he was like what you what do i have to do to prove myself here
2: i remember um on a very similar time the very first time i ever did a comedy festival show my reviews came out and the worst review i got was from The Herald Sun, which is mm-hmm. Melbourne's Daily Telegraph. And it essentially it said it was too clever. <laughs> so I did, and so I cut wow. it out. I said, too clever, The Herald Sun, <laughs> two stars. And attached it to all my flyers and gave it to everyone. And everyone was just like, The Herald Sun thinks you're too clever. Oncoming. Fuck yeah, you're probably, like, at
0: a 10th grade reading level. <laughs> the thing I love about this is it's like Tim Blair trying to be antagonistic towards mm. the Greens. But what he's done is put Greens in a double-page spread mm-hmm. and given them a rating out of 10, mm. and for laughs he's rated them all really high. But no one... who mm. are no, Look, anyone who reads The Daily Telegraph only reads it for City Confidential. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all they're seeing there is a Greens mem- member... Mm. And a score out of 10. That's all they're like. Oh, maybe the Greens are actually they're pretty good. Pretty well.
4: I think he's going to do one for the Liberals as well with a similar index called uh, the Liberals Ignoring Anything Rational or Liar Index. So I think that's coming next week.
0: <laughs> uh, Luke, why of the IPA catch your eye this week? Oh, they've released their
3: 20 policies to fix Australia, but uh, I don't know. They're the IPA. Five of them are ones the coalition will, but will implement but shouldn't, Um, and then there's 15 things that they really think the government needs to implement in order to help fix Australia. Um, which is awesome because they agree that Australia is broken when they're normally so proud and patriotic about Australia. <laughs> but, you know, obviously we've got the uh, repeal 18C which they will just not let go Jeez, and that horse is that so is... so dead and they are still flogging that it That is crazy that they haven't
2: No yeah. one, like it lost yeah. so hard yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. gonna lose forever It and will again. never come back
3: yeah. Yeah. People <laughs> have a right to be bigots was the infamous <laughs> final nail in
0: the coffin of how, many, how many more inquiries do we have to have that prove that 18 is a a valid bit of legislation. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. It's well, the only time in the world that, like, all of Australia knew about, like, a legislation and its number and its specificity yeah. <laughs> yeah. and still agree that it was bad. Yeah, right.
3: and you don't even have to actually say the act. You can just say 18C mm-hmm. and people know what you're talking about. It, it lives in infamy now. But the funny thing with that, because, I mean, I, I defended it hard on principle. Um, it is, It is a really toothless bit of legislation. Like, it's really hard to get found well, you don't found guilty, it's not even a criminal act, it's an unlawful mm-hmm. act to racially vilify people. Um, but Andrew Bolt, like, had to work so hard. <laughs> like, you, you could try to be as racist as you want right now and 18C right. would probably... Now here we are. Yeah. It. <laughs> in, in, the ..invitation open. But seriously, well, like the great go, thing if it... it's fair public comment, if it's artistic, if it's mm. a fairly held belief, all of those things automatically mean it's you're fine. exempt by 18D, which is all of the possible exemptions. It is damn near impossible, unless you're Andrew Bolt. Which is why
0: the Irrational Fear podcast is not only up for the best comedy podcast at the Australian Awards, but also the best artistic podcast (laughs) as well. So we can say whatever we like about those ex-people.
2: The Australian Podcast Awards will be so full of white
0: people it basically is an 18 (laughs) scene production. Incidentally, I don't know if you can vote... I don't know if it's like the Logies. I don't know if you can vote for Irrational Fear. But uh, vote for it anyway. But vote for it anyway. Yeah, and vote often, as if you would vote if you were in Western Australia. <laughs> uh, and there is, of course, other stuff on, on the um, the 15-point plan, including privatise the ABC. That's always
2: a goodie, isn't it? Yeah.
4: Everyone loves that one. Honestly,
0: I used to be against
2: it, but then I was chatting to some friends from SBS and they get so much free shit <laughs> and, and I have to send it all back. And now I'm like, fuck it, privatise it. Well, as a rational for you first, we've actually got a guest from the IPA here, Gideon Double Barrel. Welcome, Gideon. Hey, it's good to to be here. Thank you for having me. Do you mind if we um, ask you about some of these 15 points that you have here to fix Australia? Obviously, yes, some fascinating I've got answers ones. for all of them. Let's just kick it off with number three, withdrawing yes. from the Paris Climate Agreement.
1: Well, it's just sensible. You know, the USA, they pulled out. It's very on brand for Australia. You know, quitting is what Australia does. It's It's been part of our national character since the Anzacs gallantly retreated from Gallipoli. So you're advocating the pull-out method? Very much <laughs> all about the pull-out method, yes. Is... So what's this one?
4: Double the size of the House of Representatives and half the size of the ministry. What's with that one?
1: Uh, yes, well the IPA of course is all about job creation, especially for jobs uh, for people from the IPA. We <laughs> we make very good politicians. <laughs> jobs for the boys. <laughs> now let's be serious about the ministries. The ministries are usually run by women uh, and we think... Can't have it, that. You
3: can't have that at <laughs> all. No. And besides, you can run a ministry basically on Twitter these days. <laughs> one of my favourites and so many to pick from, um, but number 10, holding a royal commission into the Bureau of <laughs> meteorologies tampering with temperature and climate data
1: oh how dare you how dare you say that is a bung ideal not at all have you noticed that have you noticed as soon as the sun went down luke pearson that it was very cold <laughs> and yet the weatherman said it was going to be very hot he said it was going to be unseasonably hot but the sun went down and it's unseasonably cold what's the deal with that
2: Do you think if someone from the Bureau of Meteorology is found guilty by the Royal Commission, John Howard will defend them too? Uh, Well,
1: John Howard defends many things,
2: (laughs) Uh, traditionally. Let's want to get into one, Gideon, that um, affects me personally, privatising the ABC. Oh,
1: well, wouldn't it be great if the show The Checkout was actually a checkout and you could actually buy things from The Checkout?
0: It's been axed. Um, Are you fully across that? I don't watch the ABC. (laughs) (laughs) I only appear on it. (laughs) I've got to bring this one up. So, number
3: one, with a bullet, removing all references to race in the Constitution, and this is actually true in the IPA document, they open it up with a Martin Luther King Jr. quote. Of course, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the colour of their skin but by the content of their character. Now, using that to justify... Opening up the doors for racism seems to be an interesting interpretation of MLK Jr.'s quotes. I'm curious if you could enlighten me on what you think MLK was all about.
1: Good point you make there. Maybe we'll go and revise that one, (laughs) Luke. We're (laughs) probably not in our right to do that one. But what I will say is the English were very good at making sure that nobody, no other countries and no other races were involved in Australia. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we could do that. Get rid of it. Get rid of it all. Terra Nullius the Constitution, I say.
4: What about uh, introducing a one in, two out rule for regulation to cut red tape?
1: Well, Amber, let me just say red tape is only good for one thing wrapping Christmas presents for communists, right? (laughs) We've written a song about this a couple of years ago. You put one rule in, you chuck two rules out, and then let business shake it all about, (laughs) do the Joe hockey pokey, and turn all the profits at the expense of clean water and air. That's what it's all about.
2: A good refresh on that song is needed. But (laughs) the principle still holds. (laughs) Thank you, Gideon Double Barrel. A pleasure and a disturbing one.
4: Irrational fear! Just on the final point from the IPA, they have said that they wanted to legalise nuclear power in Australia and I think the sphere of influence has already hit ScoMo because he was on Tasmanian radio this morning and said, indicated that he could be open to it. He's made these comments before and he said them again. Oh. Although, reportedly, he plans to spend $185 million opening a nuclear power plant in Australia, stand in front of it for a press conference and then shut it down again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I like that he did it on Tasmanian radio mm. because at least it will give people there an excuse as to why they have an extra finger. A <laughs> <laughs> rational fear. It also goes to highlight the rights
1: and responsibilities of social media.
0: It's time for a quiz here on Irrational Fear. Start the quiz music, JR. (laughs) Great. So these (laughs) questions I'm about to ask you here, these are the top five questions from Google that people have been asking about Bill Shorten. Okay. Number one. (laughs) (laughs) Who is? (laughs) All right, here we go. Question number five. Where does Bill Shorten live? Um... Not Kirribilli House? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <And> underground?
0: <laughs> I have absol- I've never even...
3: You don't even think of Bill Shorten as being a person who lives in a house. <laughs> 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 is, the whole idea is just blowing my mind.
0: <laughs> I think the only place he could possibly live, judging by his wardrobe alone, is a high-vis factory. Yeah, uh, <laughs> where they just make high uh, no, Question number four. What is Bill Shorten's net worth? <laughs> oh, no, that's a heaps because
2: his wife's rich. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Is she
4: the sugar mama? Yeah,
2: yeah. She's the sugar mama. So mm. Chloe. Yeah. Is I'm that... pretty sure she's rich. I think. I hope I'm not making this up. I should have googled it. <laughs> I, don't
4: I don't think it's this defen- like Kevin
3: Rudd's
2: part. If you're I, I don't,
3: don't know. Mean, is
2: that just the standard labor? I thought she was rich, but maybe I've I got feel it like mixed they're up. they're all
4: rich. They're just kind of rich by association. Sure. Yes. I mean, look,
2: I work at the ABC. Everyone's rich. But
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that union slush fund money that is rolling. In. <laughs> Chloe does look rich, right? But that's not necessarily an indication of how wealthy you are. Mm. No, that's true. Rich. How he bad might... you
4: are with money, maybe. Yeah, he
0: looks like he gets his suits from Skinny Lowe's. <laughs> All right, question number
2: three. What happened to Bill Shorten? <laughs> the
4: nuclear power plant.
2: <laughs> no, i tell you what happened to Bill Shorten. He has a twin. Do you know that? What? Bill Shorten has a twin no! brother. Get out of town, and that is where all his personality went. He's stole, ah. he stole. in the womb. No, no <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. That's what a true story. What does
4: brother do? I
2: don't know. Construction
4: but, worker. But <laughs> it's,
2: he has a funny name <laughs> with Bill. It's like Bill, it's not Bill and Ben, but it's like Bill and Bob or something. Bill, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. Ted. Bill and Ted. <laughs> come on. Yeah, but like this is the thing that the things. If I was Bill Shorten, I'd be pushing that so hard. <laughs> oh. you know,
3: Bill Shorten just needs, I'm not Scott Morrison or yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, Tony. That's, that's what's going to get him through. Don't say anything else ever. But yeah. well, that is fascinating that we could have. Such a senior figure he has been right. around for a while, well, and we know bugger all totally about and it. And, and also, is, like,
2: do we know when people are like, "Who's the real Bill Shorten?" You're like, "Well, it could be fucking Bob Short." Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. never. Yeah. Know. Oh, like, you know, yeah. Have they been swapping in and out?
2: Yeah. That's what I mean. Oh my god, oh. this What's is the like,
0: evil one? yeah, when
2: they're like, <laughs> "How can he be doing two doorstops at once?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> Question number two: How old is Bill Shorten? I'm not Whoa. good at this game. Oh my um, god!
2: I guess he was boy. Came out of the lab right after Gillard got
0: deposed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I remember him around Beaconsfield, and he looked like a very brash 25-year-old then. He looks like he's 85 now. Oh yeah, he's, he's got to be mid-fifties,
2: though. If we're playing. Yeah, like. surely. Has he had like some work done? Did he get abetted in the? <laughs> did
0: he get the little shot between the eyes? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know, but I definitely know he's old enough to know better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number one. The question, number one question, Australians or nay the world on Google have about Bill Shorten is who is Bill Shorten?
2: These have been the top five questions
0: that people on Google have had about Bill Shorten. Well done, Lewis. Oh my God, I feel very ashamed to have won. That. <laughs> you get to take away your union fees. A <laughs> hey, rational fear.
5: So I'm so unpopular that there's so many, very many people here today to hear our announcement. Hardly anyone would come.
0: And it wouldn't be a rational fear if we didn't have to take take out time to talk about political correctness gone mad. And let's just quickly wrap it up by talking about Izzy Folau. While he represented Australia, I was going to say let's fix Israel then, but I thought that would be (laughs) a little bit too challenging for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Five minutes left. (laughs) We've
2: got time to wrap it (laughs) up.
0: He's an Australian rugby union player. Represented Australia. Uh, Israel Folau, also a devout Christian, and over the course of last week, he posted some pretty offensive photos on his social media, saying that, rather predictably, that homosexuals would go to hell because of their uh, because of their lifestyle. Um, should he be sacked for this? Yeah, well, was and should and did and
3: yay. Um, (laughs) And there was a long list of other ones, though, on that. It wasn't just homosexual people. I think it was adulterers. Pretty much anyone
4: not him, I think. And fornicators.
3: It was basically Uh, everyone
2: else in rugby. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Which I don't know. Is there some other Christian definition of fornicator? Because doesn't fornication just mean. Having like, is everyone having sex going to hell? Is that is that a Christian thing? I know. If you look up porn, you can go to hell. You I can think. go. Okay, oh, wow. that's fair. Oh, yeah. oh, that, was, that was in the Bible. I remember. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bar is so
4: high with... to not go to hell. Yes. Yeah.
3: But, I mean, I don't think there are many jobs you can have in many spaces where you can just walk into your office or, you know, publicly link a public mm. comment to go, by the way, this entire group of people who are highly discriminated against to begin with, you're all going to hell. And I say that out of love, apparently. Um,
0: yeah, you can't. You can't do that. You're absolutely right, <laughs> Luke. Like, he's going to have to clean up his social media page to get a new job somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could just leave it up there and try and get a job at News Corp. Yeah, my yeah. 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 might be hiring, <laughs> up Sky, There'll There'll be options.
4: I honestly just wish he'd stuck to the usual sports sex scandal. Like, it would have just been easier for everyone if he just had an affair. People
0: would have understood if he pissed (laughs) in the mouth of a dog. People (laughs) would have understood that.
4: Oh, he's got issues. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like credit to the boys, but not the boys marrying boys.
4: Boys.
0: (laughs) I do feel sorry for him, though, Izzy, because, you know, he was misled by probably Michael Checker, who brought him over to the code, and he brought him over to the code by saying, well, you know, Izzy... Rugby Union is the game they play in heaven. And he was like, well, this is my people. <laughs> These are my people. These are my people. Uh, well, this is kind of ties into another political correctness gone mad situation down at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. The award for Best Comedy Show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival was renamed to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Award. Previously, it was named after Barry Humphreys and called The Barry. And the comments from people in social media about this, kicking off, these aren't comments from comedians, people who go to see comedy, people who've been to comedy festival shows. These are just people who just want to have an opinion and who've never even set foot into the hi-fi bar at 3 a.m. to watch the awards being given out. This makes me so upset that these people dare to have a voice on on this because they don't if you if you told somebody that you won the Barry Award, Mm -hmm. the first question they're going to ask you is, oh, congratulations, what is the Barry Award? Mm -hmm. And then you have to spend about an hour explaining that it's the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Award, it was named after Barry Humphreys, and Barry Humphreys was a comedian, blah, 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 blah. blah. But but if you could just say, oh, I won the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Award, it makes a whole lot more sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think about this? Do Do you think that people have a right, who've never, ever been to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, who've never, ever heard of the Barry Award before... Where do you think they stand on this? I mean, they've got
2: a right to an opinion, but obviously not an opinion that will be listened to. <laughs>
4: But it wasn't only that. They said that there were a few reasons for changing the name and the comments just didn't help. But yeah. what surprised mm. me was how recent the comments were made because I feel like a lot of these things, they are resurfaced. They're tweets mm. from, like, 2002. Was Twitter even around then? They're tweets from <laughs> a decade ago that someone said something bad and it's come up and it slapped mm. them in the face. But these comments were made last year and I'm, mm. you should know better And repeatedly
3: now. It. There's been yeah. several iterations. There's no slip of the tongue. There's no... and. Yeah, this is one of those ones where I think so many of that, you know, conservative IPA, like this is the free market. They're they're a company, they run their event, they can call their award whatever the mm-hmm. hell they want. Um, but also looking after the safety of their other performers. Like there are a lot of, of people who he directly offended. Who and and recently did win one of those awards and said screw you Barry
0: I'm winning this just for me. Um. The award has been contentious for a long time. Mm. Hannah Gadsby won it last year, and when she got up, she said, "I don't want to take this. I don't want to take this in the name of Barry. I want to take it in the name of myself." Hannah Gadsby, of course, is a is a gay woman who 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 won the award, who's absolutely brilliant and deservedly won the award. And then this year, um, the there are th- I think three queer people on the list for for most outstanding, yeah. which is. Uh, amazing. So it's it's while it's appropriate this year to be changed, it probably should have been changed some time ago.
2: Did anyone float the idea of the Rodney Roode Award? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Joe Dolce Kevin Award? Did anything, yeah. <laughs> we, did we really mind any of the potentially problematic <laughs> old comedians that we have? Yeah,
0: the Louis C.K. Award.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that whole debate of of renaming things and it's something that you know, quite often comes up in Indigenous spaces where, like, we got rid of Batman for Cooper um, as the electorate in Melbourne because Batman was a Cunt. murderous, horrible <laughs> human being who killed a lot of Aboriginal people. Like, but Buddy signed a treaty. He was like, yeah, but it was a bullshit treaty that he was using to steal land from people. Um, but that, that idea of, like, we're whitewashing history, we're erasing history, it's like, no, Batman still existed. Like, you don't get an electorate named after you or an award named after you. That's not a history book. That's an honour. Mm. And when you don't deserve that honour or when society has moved away, like, should we really be honouring homophobes, racist mm. people who actively committed massacres against Aboriginal people? Like, it really frustrates me. That's whitewashing history. It's like, no, we'll still we should still tell their stories because mm. they're horrible people. And, you know, put it in the context of the time and whatever you want. But you don't erase them by removing their honour.
4: Hmm. Their like, names are still around. People, yeah, you can still look up their names in, in a history, history book. Or on yeah.
3: Google, Google Batman. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's just,
3: a, just that There's a easy. giant road in <laughs>
4: Melbourne called <Yeah>. Batman <laughs> Avenue.
3: There's actually a great Indigenous X article where we found an old 1988 Batman comic where it seems... Um, you know, facing off against an Aboriginal dude. That's really cool. Oh, okay. And then that awesome. comes up when you search Aboriginal bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what you'll find, but it is a really cool... <laughs>
0: well, I'm just so happy that we were able to solve Israel. So. <laughs> yes.
3: yes.
1: rational fear!
0: Friend of the show, Dylan Bain. I don't know if you know Dylan Bain. If you've come to our live shows, he sits at the back on a laptop and he toils away by playing stings and sound effects and -hmm. and cool music. He has a brand-new podcast. It is called News Fighters, where he takes clips from the news and rips it apart Mm -hmm. in a short, snappy way. Here's this week's.
1: This is News Fighters Where we fight the news So you don't have to
5: Hello yes welcome to this special teaser episode of News Fighters for Irrational Fear Some of you fear mongers out there might know me I'm Dan's DJ who often stands behind him looking like a hobo Paul Schaefer on stage I've also worked on Tonightly with The Chaser for a number of years, and this is the podcast where I cram the 24-7 news cycle in your ears in less than 10 minutes. So to kick things off, let's talk about the big race that everyone is talking about. Cactus the
4: canine just ran more than 200
5: kilometres through the Sahara Desert, completing one of the toughest marathons in the world. No, 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 the other race everyone is talking about. Tonight, the super Mare bows out in style, Wings finishes with 33 wins on... On the OK, yes, but beside Winks's big retirement race, there is another race on right now, which will probably lead to some old grey mares being taken out to the back paddock and shot, and that's the federal election. Tonight, the official campaign begins. Australia goes to the polls on May the 18th. Also trying to report on Winks and the election simultaneously, Seven News' Olivia Leeming got a bit confused with her metaphors.
4: Scott Morrison's hoping to channel Winks and beat Bill Shorten across the election finish line.
5: No, actually, Bill Shorten was on a bus watching the race. Love
4: favourite
5: wow. Yes, Bill Shorten there, the guy with the 51% disapproval rating according to the latest Ipsos poll, gloating about how he's the favourite. After his budget reply speech, Lee Sales quizzed him on this.
4: What would you say to the Australian voter who thinks, geez, I just don't like that Bill Shorten bloke very much. I don't know if I can vote for him.
5: Why did you meet me? What a plan. He's going to try and meet every single person in Australia. Well, probably only about 25 million more to go, Bill. Good luck with that. In fact, just listen to what a bad time Bill Shorten was having in his post-budget reply speech interview with Lee Sales. I repeat... Lee sales. But what we have said, Fran, which... Now I know what you're asking. What about Labour's policies? Aren't they just all rehashed 90s catchphrases? Well, Bill Shorten also focusing on health, launching Slip Slop Slap 2.0. Yes, building on the success of Vegemite iSnack 2.0, Labor has... Slip Slop Slap 2.0. And what completely normal way did Bill Shorten go about showing his support?
4: Bill Shorten brings back Slip Slop Slap, applying sunscreen to his face with his knuckles.
5: Yes, sorry the Billbot short-circuited there trying to imitate human behaviour again. Hopefully he'll be rebooted in time for election night. Meanwhile, in rural Australia, the Nationals, led by Michael McCormack, are not holding back the celebrity firepower with the launch of their election campaign. Dare I ask, what are you holding? Well, I'm
0: holding the Wombat. Now, the Wombat has been on the Nationals uh, Wombat Trail every election. When we go on the Hustings as the National Leader, we take the, uh, the Wombat with us. Every National Party leader uh, for many years past, right back to Ian Sinclair, as I understand, has taken
4: this wooden...
0: ...animal with us, but uh, perhaps more importantly, I've got Matthew Fraser with
5: me, so he's a little bit more important than the wombat this morning, but uh, certainly uh, it's great to have the wombat. Given the feud between Barnaby Joyce and Johnny Depp, I would have thought a better mascot for the Nationals would have been a dead dog instead of a wooden wombat. But anyway, unsurprisingly, the environment is actually shaping up to be one of the biggest issues this election. And Scott Morrison couldn't help but use this catastrophic and very serious issue as a launching pad for one of his trademark comedic impersonations.
1: The Borat tax, which will be put on by the Labor Party, with carbon credits to the Kazakhstan, and I know, it, I know what Borat would think of the Labor's, Labor Party's policies on emissions reduction, Mr Speaker. Very
5: nice. Of course, if Scott Morrison is going to quote Borat, I can actually think of some other quotes that might be more applicable, like this one on foreign policy. Donald Trump, he keep the Mexican children in a cages. It's true. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah. Which also ties in with this one. What is the problem being a racist? I am a racist and that's nice. And I'm sure he's probably even said this one himself. So what I mean that this feminism and, of course, this one could apply to the whole Liberal Party.
2: Uh, letting a woman in a politic is like letting a monkey drive a plane. <laughs> so, <laughs> watch out, bang!
5: Anyways, back on the campaign trail and Scott Morrison was doing a street walk in the heavily Korean Sydney suburb of Strathfield when this happened. Uh,
1: hello, how are you? Uh, yeah, well, how are you? No, 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 I'm Korean. Okay. I'm the Korean comedian.
5: Yes, ScoMo saying a Chinese greeting to a Korean in Strathfield. Look, to be fair to ScoMo, it is very easy to get confused in Strathfield. Because every single shop and every single sign is Korean. In fact, I think even the chemist warehouse sells Korean fried chicken. So, I mean, fair enough, Skomoy. It's a bit like Borat said.
3: What is the problem being a racist? I am a racist and that's nice.
5: Okay, that's News Fighters for today. I'm Dylan Bain. Thanks for listening. Check us out. We're on all your podcasting apps and we're on Twitter, at Newsfighterspod. We're also uploading the podcast to YouTube as video with all the news clips. Check it out and more at our website, newsfighters.com. Thanks to Dan and Irrational Fear for putting this out, and I'll see you at the next Irrational Fear. I'm Dylan Bain. Keep fighting and bye for now.
1: This is News Fighters, where we fight the
0: news so you don't have to. (laughs)
5: Uh, Very
2: good, Dylan.
0: (laughs) Dylan Bain, you can see Dylan Bain at our live show at May 7 uh, at Giant Dwarf. We've also got a couple of other shows coming up around the country. Uh, Adelaide. We're coming to you for the Adelaide Cabaret Festival, Adelaide 19 and 20. It's going to be all singing, all dancing, <laughs> irrational fear. Uh, <laughs> I'm bringing the nipple tassels. <laughs> uh, yes, with Brady uh, Connell and White Nixon Lloyd from Tonightly, the ARIA Award winners for for the best comedy release uh, uh, of the year. They're going to be performing music as well as Lewis Hobber uh, and me and other people who I haven't booked yet. <laughs> <laughs> but Adelaide, please hop on down and get yourself an Adelaide Cabaret Maybe Festival. Fine. He's got not much on. I don't know. Look, I, you okay with this, but I want to actually invite Caleb Bond.
1: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it'd be
2: great. No, it's fine. He's on oh. Triple J all the time. Is he really? Yeah, he's on the shake up on the hack quite a bit. Is
0: he good talent? Oh. I'm not going to say that on the radio. I'm going to let <laughs> you decide. All right, great. So, uh, Adelaide Cabaret Festival. Also, if you're in Brisbane, I think I can announce this, but we have got a big show, an absolutely massive show at Climate Week, uh, April, uh, April, not April 9, that I was last week. I love it when you announce things publicly that are also announcing them to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's June 9 in Brisbane, so that's really exciting. That show is going to be huge. It's going to be Lewis Hobber, he thinks. <laughs> I will check my calendar. Tom Ballard is going to be on the show. Mel Buttle is going to be on the show. We'll have a climate councillor from the Climate Council, myself as well as uh, Bridie and White as well. They're going to be doing music as well. It's huge. So Brisbane. Check that out, Climate Week, June 9th. <laughs> this has been Irrational Peer. Uh, a peer. All <laughs> the rational peers. <laughs> <laughs> and please thank our rational peers tonight Lou <laughs> Pearson from Indigenous X, uh, Lewis Hobber. I didn't know your name for a second, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lewis man. Lewis Hobber from Triple J, and Amber Schultz, newly appointed investigative reporter at Crikey. Congratulations. Oh, Congratulations. Uh, and as always, there's something to be scared of next time, and next time is actually going to be next week, So we're going to try and pump out one of these once a week until the election. So, hang in there.
2: Thanks for listening. Just another thing to be sad about this election season. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>